Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Greece produces insane quantities of extra virgin olive oil. Greece also produces some of the best ones too. Massive quantity and tons of quality. There are thousands of producers out there that are creating some of the best liquid gold in the world. Here we are lucky to have Malpian Greek, UK's number one Greek delicatessen, supplier and distributor of Greek products, to get our hands on some of the best extra virgin olive oil outside of Greece. And of course, you lucky listeners, you get a 15% discount from Malbin Creek if you go to their website and put Malbin Creek forward slash delicious when you're shopping. Not only you get fantastic extra virgin olive oil, but you get it in an excellent price too. Malbin Creek, the one-stop shop for your Greek fix. Hello! Welcome back to another archaeogastronomical adventure of the Delicious Legacy. Part 2 of the history of olive oil. Yeah, and special thanks uh, to Richard Bignall for the use of the studio Area 18, where I'm recording my VO in, uh, in Park Royal, North Acton area. And yeah, to all uh, budding musicians out there, if you need... Uh, a recording or mixing space, Area 18, it's a brilliant place for you to do this. If you deconstruct Greece, you will in the end see an olive tree, a grapevine and a boat remain. That is, with as much you can you reconstruct her. Odyssea Salitis. Greek uh, national poet and uh, Nobel Prize winner poet. And from this little line, you can see the importance of the olive tree in the Greek psyche. The olive tree. I am the daughter of the sun. I am the olive tree, the blessed one. Kostis Palamas, another Greek national poet. O olive tree, blessed be the earth that nourishes you, and blessed be the water you drink from the clouds, 
and thrice blessed he who sent you to the poor man's lamp and the saint's candlelight. Folk song from the Greek island of Crete. The olive tree is surely the richest gift of heaven. Thomas Jefferson. In one of the Greek myths, the origin of olive oil cultivation would seem to locate it in North Africa. Aristeus, a rural deity and the son of Apollo and the nymph Cyrene, was raised on the North African coast and thus, subsequently, spread the knowledge of olive cultivation. He, in his turn, had been taught by nymphs techniques of grafting to produce better fruit and of pressing and extraction of oil. Aristeus travelled to Greece and Sicily, spreading his knowledge of olive cultivation and being deified by Greek inhabitants as the patron deity of cultivators of the olive. In more concrete evidence, other than ancient Greek myths, we have archaeological evidence in the form of a group of 51 tablets from the four different areas in the Mycenaean palace at Pylos that gives us an insight into various aspects of the use of olive at the time. Ancient Pylos is a fascinating palace in the southeast Peloponnese, often referred to as the Palace of Nestor, in honor of the legendary wise Achaean king in the Iliad. It is considered one of the best preserved and best excavated palaces of that era. Clay tablets found at the palace were all written in the syllabic linear B script. This oil, which would have been plain or scented, mentioned in the above tablets, and that was intended for the purposes of worship. The tablets also mention the names of the gods who received this offering. For example, Poseidon, Poseidone, which is the name of the god in the, in the dative case. Excavation in Mycenae, in Greece, revealed a list of aromatics, mint, rose, juniper, sesame, etc., that they are added to olive oil in the preparation of ointments. The presence of the names of these deities in the tablets also coincidentally indicates that many deities of the Greek pantheon are of Cretomycenian origin. The tablets also make mention of various time parameters, including a month, a month or reference to various festivals, which shows that some sort of sacred calendar was in operation at the time, and used from then onwards. Perhaps the clearest proof of the strength and ubiquity of the Mycenaean olive trade is seen in the enormous number of stirrup jars used exclusively to transport scented oil throughout the Mediterranean, which bears witness to the importance of the production and trade of scented oil for the royal economy. Extensive plantings in Greece started in the year 700 BC, about 500 years after the peak of the Mycenaean city-states in the Peloponnese. The belief that olive oil conferred strength and youth has long been widespread. In ancient Egypt, Greece and Rome, it was infused with flowers and herbs to produce both medicines and cosmetics. The early ways of crushing olives included the use of a mortar and pestle and rolling a stone roller over them in a crushing basin. The second step in the production of olive oil is pressing of the mass resulting from crushing. The first significant advance in the production of olive oil was the use of a lever in a lever and weights press, the use of which became common during the first Iron Age. Olive oil production became a mass production industry during Iron Age too. If we fast forward a thousand years after Columbus' arrival to the Americas, 
during the colonial period, olives were dispersed by explorers and colonists. In 1560, olive cuttings were carried to Peru by Spanish explorers. In the early 1700s, Jesuits established missions in Mexico and Baja California. Franciscans founded their first mission in California at San Diego in 1769. The olive tree was introduced to California by the Franciscans as they marched north establishing missions. A visitor to Mission San Fernando in 1842 saw an olive orchard in healthy productivity. Subsequently, over the intervening years, olive trees have been planted in several waves and many of these older groves, 80 to 150 years old, still exist in California, mostly in the northern part of the state. However, in Southern California, population pressure has resulted in the land being very expensive for olive growing. Olive symbolism rests upon observation and the complex of beliefs concerning its therapeutic properties. In countries where Christianity spread, the beneficial effects of olive oil were spread too, and the use of oil in the human body or also in worship and healing. It was also used widely in folk medicine and treatments, either as a treatment itself or as a base for other preparations for internal or external use. In particular, the agurolado, as we say in Greek, which is the green olive oil produced by crushing the olives without the use of hot water, was, and still is, one of the most important natural medicines for various illnesses. Traditionally, oil was used as an antiseptic for curing small wounds and for dealing with skin eruptions. It was also used as a painkiller for rheumatism, abdominal pains, and for earache. It was used as an embrocation, poison antidote, and all-purpose antiseptic. It was also used in magic to remove the evil eye. In Geoponica of um, 1000 AD, notes that to avoid infection by scabies, sheep should be anointed around the tail with sulfur and oil after shearing. Red oil in Crete is olive oil with poppy petals and sometimes spearmint balm was used as a throat emollient and calmative for the joints. Threshed olive leaves and fruit were also used to soothe swollen glands. Olive oil was also used in cosmetics. Dioscorides describes oil as wetting and thermal at the same time. In the past, people would use oil to preserve skin moisture, to protect their body from the cold in winter and as sun protection during the summer. Scented oils, for which olive oil was the basic ingredient, were mainly used by women. The most well-known ones were the Irinion, with uh, iris root extracts, and the Storax bulb, from the aromatic tree, with um, a slight vanilla hint of a flavor. The Millennium, which Queen soil and the rhodium with rose extracts, not to mention the extremely expensive and exotic scents from Egypt, Lydia, and Libya. Writer Antiphanes informs us that the most elegant Greeks exaggerated so much that they used different scents for different parts of the body. The vessels used for scented oils were small and delicate, made of clay, alabaster, or glass, round or long, with a special neck that allowed the oil to be poured in very small amounts. Of course, a vessel with scented oils was one of the most favored love gifts. Since ancient times, olive oil has been a basic ingredient for beauty treatment and body care, both for women and men, either on its own or as a base for the manufacture of cosmetics. 
It was used for hair care in everyday life and on special occasions such as weddings. Hair is an important element of female beauty and to cut it was considered shameful and disgraceful. So after washing their hair, women would anoint it with oil to nourish it and make it shine. All of Greece abounds in beauty tips on how to produce lustrous black hair. In Arhanes, in Crete for example, a walnut tree root is placed inside the bottle with olive oil and buried in the soil for 40 days. The oil is used to anoint the hair to make it full and wavy. In Lesbos, laurel seeds are crushed and browned in a pan with some olive oil and used for anointing hair. In Chios, crushed laurel seeds are placed in a bottle with olive oil. The bottle is kept in the sun for a few days to produce laurel oil and then used for washing to produce luxuriant hair. Olive oil is used along with other natural ingredients like vinegar, walnut tree, eucalyptus and laurel leaves to make hair stronger, shinier and easy to comb. Living the cosmetics um, and the ancient um, <laughs> and ancient ways of um, doing your hair in the folk, in the folk and traditional um, ways to make a stronger hair with olive oil. Obviously, olive oil and extra virgin olive oil is the tastier, by far the tastiest um, uh, oil you can use in food. And um, I think as, um, as someone who's passionate about olive oil, um, I want to tell people that um, obviously different olive oils taste differently and they have their own unique properties and um, you can use them in different foods, of course. So basically, yeah, since uh, extra virgin olive oil is simply the pressed fruit uh, juice without any additives, the factors influencing its quality and taste include the variety of olives used, the terroir, and the countless decisions, production practices, and the dedication of the producer. So olive oil tasters describe um, the positive attributes using um, a, a variety of terms um, to describe the different olive olive oils. And um, yeah, I think uh, as we have terroir for wine and for cheeses and for any other type of um, local produce, I mean, terroir is also very important for uh, olive oil production. So some terms we use when we're tasting olive oil is uh, fruity. And a lot of a lot of uh, olive oils have a pleasant, spicy fruit uh, flavors, which is characteristic of uh, fresh, ripe or green olives. Uh, ripe fruit yields oils that are milder, aromatic, buttery and floral. Green fruit yields oils that are grassy, herbaceous, bitter and pungent. Fruitiness also varies by the variety of the olive. Second uh, important thing is the bitterness, the bitter element. Uh, which creating a mostly pleasant acrid flavor cessation on the tongue. And third is the pungency, how pungent the olive oil is. It creates a peppery cessation in the mouth and in the throat, in the back of your throat. Um, so yeah, once when you taste olive oil, uh, you should be aware of those um, three elements, fruitiness, bitterness, and pungency. And um, you... Basically, you taste olive oil as would you, you, you would want to have it in a decent room temperature uh, and perhaps yeah, around 20, 25 degrees Celsius. So it would be able to release all the aromas, all the aromas it has. 
And um, yeah, you can do as when you slurp wine, you can do the same thing with olive oil. So you get all the the airflow through the oil and um, get all the flavors out on your tongue. Um, so between olive oils, if you taste a few different ones at the, same, at the same time, the traditional cleanser between olive oils is water, plain or sparkling, and slices of uh, Granny Smith apple. There are characteristics when you yeah, um, try different olive oils. Uh, you may notice the smell of uh, fresh cut grass, cinnamon, tropical fruits, or other aromas of ripe or uh, green olive fruit. And yeah, you can also point and refer to vegetable notes. So green olive, um, olive oil will have aromas of artichokes, grass, or herbs. And yeah, olive oil... Um, so something very peppery and fresh and very um, early harvest extra virgin olive oil, you would use it uh, raw, completely raw, on salad or on fresh fish. Um, more mild um, olive oils, uh, extra virgin olive oil that um, yeah that can be used uh, for um, cooking and so on. We're going to see a little bit about the olive tree and the olive itself. The olive tree is a long-lived evergreen, reaching 1,000 years of age or more. Olive trees have a titanic resistance that renders them almost immortal. In spite of cold winters and very hot and dry summers, they continue to grow, bearing fruit. The olive tree is an evergreen with grey-green leaves and small white fragrant flowers in the spring that produce a lot of pollen. A mature olive tree can reach a height of 25 to 30 feet, or about 8 to 10 meters, and live for many hundreds of years. An olive tree tends to grow densely with thin branches. However, under agricultural practices, the height obtained following pruning is usually 45 meters. The greatest proportion of roots grow at soil depth of 60 to 70 centimeters, the thick roots growing in the top 20 centimeters. In dry areas, the root systems cover an area seven to eight times greater than the leaf area. When the soil is heavy, the fibrous roots grow close to the soil surface. In sandy soils, and generally in light-textured soils, the root system is extensive. In Tunisia, a country characterized by a dry climate, the side growth of roots is 12 meters away from the trunk and at depth of 6 meters. With this deep root system, the olive tree absorbs water and nutrients and elements from the soil with very low rainfall. And yeah, in Tunisia, which has very dry climate, very close to the desert, still it's one of the countries with the biggest production of olive oil in the world, outside um, Italy, Spain and Greece. Most olive trees on a worldwide basis are cultivated in the Mediterranean region. More than 75 of the global olive production occurs in Europe, which cultivates 500 million olive trees. Europe is followed by Asia, 13%, Africa, 8% and America, 3%. Spain is the leader in olive culture, followed by Italy and Greece. Of the non-European countries, the USA is the world's second biggest consumer of olive oil. And we tend to have uh, rises and more much and the olive oil has been more appreciated recently in Australia, Japan, Canada and Brazil. Some of the most important Greek um, um, olive cultivars is uh, Koroneiki which um, goes with other names as Psilolia, Llanolia, or Korani. 
this widespread in the main olive producing districts of Greece, uh, for example, Greece and Peloponnese, and is expanding in other areas of the world too. In recent years, this cultivar has started to be grown in the form of super dense plantings all over the world, like Australia, Italy, and Spain. The leaves are thick with a small leaf blade. Uh, the fruit is small itself, about um, half a gram, with a mastoid shape ending in a pointy bit. The fruit ripens from mid to late season and turns black at full ripening. The pit is small and, and silly draconical in shape. The medium yield per tree is about 50 to 60 kilograms. And this cultivar is resistant to water stress and wind, but sensitive to some diseases. The oil, olive oil content is 27%, and its tolerance to cold is low, and its rooting ability from leafy cuttings is constant and medium. Another amazing, um, very famous um, olive is the Calamon, which is also known as Calamatiani, Aitonichi, Cigeli, and Caracolla. It's an excellent uh, cultivar for both table olives and olive production, and has now begun to expand from Greece to other countries. Its leaves are distinctively large, slightly twisted from end to end, and the, and the fruit has a mean weight of uh, 2.6 to 5.5 grams. It's lengthy and pointed, with a distinctly bent point at its tip. The fruits are presented singly or in pairs. The fruit starts to ripen in November and it turns black when fully ripe, and it has a mean oil content of 17%. This one is more resistant to diseases such as dacus and needs uh, medium textured soils. During the summer, it requires at least three irrigations in order to produce fruit of adequate size. This is the best known Greek olive cultivar with a worldwide reputation. It's an excellent table variety, producing a high quality product as regards color, texture and taste. Although it originated in the region of Kalamata, in southeast Peloponnese, it has proved its adaptability as an excellent cultivar in both warm and cold areas worldwide. Greece produces insane quantities of extra virgin olive oil. Greece also produces some of the best ones too. Massive quantity and tons of quality. And Greeks eat it as if it's going out of fashion. Gallons and gallons per family per year. There are thousands of producers out there that are creating some of the best liquid gold in the world. Here we are lucky to have Malpian Greek, UK's number one Greek delicatessen, supplier and distributor of Greek products, to get our hands on some of the best extra virgin olive oil outside of Greece. If you're looking for quantity and quality, you won't be disappointed with Chris of Pigis 5-liter can of olive oil from Eastern Crete in Citia, a classic, robust Cretan olive oil full of substance that doesn't shout out loud from the top of the mountains its qualities. But once you try it, you won't regret it. Low acidity, harmony and balance is what Cretan olive oil is all about. Also from the arid and sparsely vegetated Eastern Crete again, in Lassithi, we have another great Cretan olive oil, which is called Charisma, with subtle fruity aromas and a full-on rich flavor with a hint of pungency and pepperiness. The olives are harvested when fully ripe and hence give an almost buttery olive oil. Mitira, from the beautiful island of the northeastern Aegean Sea, Lesbos, is another great extra virgin olive oil at Malbin Greek. The grassy and fresh aromas of the olive oil are in perfect harmony with its rich taste. 
perfect for salads, of course, but also for cooking the famous Greek lathera dishes. Finally, the standout extra virgin olive oil from Albion Greek, it's their own one, made in the hard and unforgiving Mani Peninsula in the Peloponnese, where once Patrick Lee Fermor lived for decades. This olive oil is an early harvest one, meaning that the olives are picked when they're still green. This olive oil is so packed with health benefits, you want to drink it in a glass. Full aroma of green tomatoes and freshness, big strong flavor with a pungency that hits at the back of your throat and stays for a few seconds. And a pronounced bitter sensation. This is what olive oil is all about. Use it raw, straight in your salads, roasted veg or grilled fish and octopus. You will feel invigorated and young again. And of course, you lucky listeners, you get a 15% discount from Malbin Creek if you go to their website and uh, put Malbin Creek forward slash delicious when you're shopping. Not only you get fantastic extra virgin olive oil, but you get it in an excellent price too. Malbin Creek, the one-stop shop for your Greek fix. For olive oil extraction, three systems are available. The traditional discontinuous processing system the continuous cycle centrifugation and the percolation centrifugation system. Olive production involves the twin stages of milling and separation of the oil from water, resulting in three constituents, oil, husk, which is a solid waste, and waste water. In the traditional method, milling is conducted with a millstone or hammerstone, and oil extraction is achieved by hydraulic pressure. In the continuous cycle, Grinding of the olives is achieved by metal crushers and subsequently the olive paste is centrifuged with, an, with a horizontal centrifugal decanter. Afterwards, the olive is separated from wastewater by vertical centrifuge. Extra virgin olive oil is produced by cold pressing of the olive paste. The process of oil extraction influences the phenolic content of the oil. Oils obtained by centrifugation have a lower phenolic content since this method uses large quantities of water thus removing a significant proportion of phenols. Furthermore, the type of mill used for oil production exerts a significant influence, and hammer mills are more efficient in extraction of phenol. The phenolic composition of olive oils is a, is a result of a complex interaction between several factors, which include cultivar, stage of maturation, climate, mill, as crushing machine and malaxation conditions. Malaxation is the action of slowly churning or mixing milled olives in a specially designed mixer for 20 to 40 minutes. This, crush, this churning allows the smaller droplets of oil released by the milling process to aggregate and be more easily separated. The paste is normally heated to around 27 degrees Celsius during this process. And this is the most, um, the hottest kind of temperature that olive oil will be produced. There's a lot of excellent olive oils, uh, extra virgin olive oils that um, are extracted in lower temperatures of around 21 degrees Celsius. Olive growing and environmental protection. Well, nowadays we know about um, desertification and we know about um, the impact of climate change and all that. Olive cultivation has a positive impact on the environment and the maintenance of uh, the landscape. Olive culture also helps combat desertification, one of the biggest problems in the Mediterranean area. Furthermore, the olive tree gives shelter and food to wildlife. There are, however, instances where olive growing damages the environment. 
the intensification of olive growing is accompanied by increased inputs of fertilizers, insecticides, herbicides, and irrigation water. Such systematic removal of vegetation, by various means, has an adverse effect on biodiversity and increases the loss of soil and of organic matter. This leads to environmental deterioration and erosion or desertification. The environmental problems associated with olive oil extraction mills are related to water consumption in regions where its supplies are limited. In oil extraction systems, where the oil is extracted by either pressure or centrifugation with a three-phase process, oil, liquid, extract and residue, found mostly in Italy and Greece, environmental problems lie in both the large volumes of water required and the removal of liquid extracts. To avoid damage to the environment, liquid extracts should be treated and purified before discharged into watercourses. Furthermore, these liquid extracts should be applied to the soil as liquid fertilizers. However, the quantities applied should be low in order to avoid pollution of groundwater. In the two-phase process, significantly less water is required, and this is the reason for its use in various countries. Furthermore, with two-phase centrifugation, a significant amount of residue is produced, requiring drying at high temperatures to extract the remaining oil. And the legacy of table oil production is a highly polluting liquid waste. This waste has high organic and sodium contents, rendering it unsuitable for application as fertilizer on olive groves. So after the virgin olive oil has been extracted from olives, a liquid and solid residue remains, consisting of the following washing water, olive meal waste water, leaves and olive pomas. From these residues, the pomas was traditionally used in order to extract pomas oil by solvent extraction. The remainder of the liquid and solid residues were disposed into the environment, creating a pollution problem. However, in today's more enlightened world, all waste products require recycling to both increase revenue and conserve energy. The use of centrifugal decanters of either two or three phases results in the production of olive oil with a higher content of antioxidants. As we said, olive pomas is the final product of the separation of olive oil, leaves and washing water. Its quantity and its chemical composition depends on the type of the decanter used for oil extraction. So olive pomas has two use as a fuel in power plants and uh, production of compost by mixing with other plant materials. And this compost mixture improves soil texture and nutrient composition. In terms of um, olive oil, in terms of extra virgin olive oil health benefits, we know that um, the main compound of the olives, the, the oleopin, is an antioxidant, and this is the bitter compound of olives that enhances the nitric oxide production and has free radical scavenging properties. And hence, olive oil is found commonly in the Mediterranean diet, which is also f- rich in uh, fresh fruits and vegetables. Um, so, in association with the olive oil, the Mediterranean diet has seemed to have lower incidence of cardiovascular disease and cancer. Olereopin is the most um, abundant of the minor components of olive oil. It has potent antioxidant and anti-inflammatory properties and um, enhances nitric oxide production. Olive oil has a remarkable stability and can be stored for 18 months or more. The resistance to development of rancidity 
is combined with a vast array of flavor and color hues and distinct features depending on the cultivar of olives from which the oil is extracted. So the color itself doesn't play role in the quality of the extra virgin olive oil. An extra virgin olive oil can be green, can be yellow, can be golden, can be dark. Any of them can be an excellent extra virgin olive oil. And um, these virtues offer opportunities for a variety of culinary applications with very little or no processing. Uh, anyone coming from the Mediterranean region can tell you about the flavor of a good dose of olive oil can do on salads, fish, vegetables, and almost everything else. Even sweets, you can make cakes with olive oil uh, instead of butter. Not that butter has anything bad, to be honest. Butter is great too. So pure, pure natural butter is fantastic. Uh, we don't compare, <laughs> they're not, uh, one is bad and the other is better for your health. Both extra virgin olive oil and butter are great fats for uh, the human diet. Olive oil contributes complex flavors that are reflected throughout the whole dish and adds body and depth to food. A good quality extra virgin olive oil blends perfectly with the greens. Traditional vegetable dishes are prepared with seasonal vegetables, pulses and grains. Although very old, these recipes contain wisely balanced ingredients and meet um, a lot of the health criteria that we see in modern um, diets and scientific uh, papers. In vegetarian dishes, olive oils with herbal hues are usually preferred. For salad, a pronounced hint of apple is suitable, while for grilled meats, a peppery flavor is desirable. Other dishes, such as pies, mayonnaise, fried eggs, and so on, require different hues for those who can go deep into the sensorial characteristics of uh, the olive oil, like the mouthful, the bouquet, the taste, aftertaste, and so on. And, you know, people obviously develop their own uh, personal preferences and tastes. So there are things like freshly cut grass flavor, flowery aroma, pepperness, and other such comments are very likely to be heard on uh, olive oil tasting um, parties, but also in discussions with uh, producers and consumers and people who sell olive oil. Mm, one has to stress that also that differences in the soil, climate, cultivar, year, maturity of the fruit and processing conditions uh, have the effects that produce very different olive oils. So. There's always not going to. There's not. There's never going to be an identical olive oil from one year to the next. To be honest, and many chefs um, already understand that. And as is with wine, its extra virgin olive oil has its very own identity. The taste of olive oil is very often complemented by the sharp taste of vinegar, lemon, or tomato. Olive oil serves as a buffer against high acidity from fruit juices, such as lemon, vinegar, and tomatoes. A simple traditional salad dressing is an instantly beaten mixture of olive oil and lemon juice, a source for both lipid-soluble and water-soluble vitamins. In salads or in cooking, olive oil is often mixed with herbs and spices, which are also an important element of the Mediterranean diet. Herbs like oregano, rosemary, thyme uh, are rich sources of phenolic compounds with strong antioxidant activity. In addition to salads and cooking, Olive oil is also used in marinades, pasta sauces, for preserving fish, cheese, sausages and vegetables, for the preparation of breakfast toast, as a dip for bread and in sweets, and savory dishes, and of course in homemade bread. 
Whenever sufficient quantities were produced, oil was used to preserve meat, spiced cheese, vegetables, grapes and olives, thus improving the taste of the product. Besides these basic uses, in the area of food conservation, olive oil was, and still is, used for non-culinary purposes, such as coating wine vessel rims to avoid evaporation which spoils the wine. When the vessel is opened, the oil is pulled out. It is said that even eggs remain fresh longer if they are coated with oil. Of course, some people will say uh, they will have all kinds of contradictory opinions about frying with olive oil. I tend to use olive oil for frying, but uh, shallow frying, not deep frying. So, I mean, shouldn't be so much of a problem, really. Um, it's good to use because it has a high smoke point and holds up well chemically to heat. And of course, yeah, I mean, if you if you like the taste that it gives to the fried food, it's fine. <laughs> I think the main issue here is if we if we if we heat olive oil, especially um, green extra virgin or early harvest olive oil, if you heat it, um, it loses all of its flavors and aromatics, and what what it leaves is an overbearing bitterness, which it might even make it almost inedible. So I think the main reason for not using some extra virgin olive oil for frying is you lose all the beautiful flavors that it has but um i think it's good for your health it's not um someone doing any harm it seems sometimes you know if you if you cooking at high heat uh seems to <laughs> be a waste of good olive oil really a great olive oil is a king or the queen of fats a multiplier of flavors that creates a long-lasting taste of joy have you tried um a rich chocolate ganache with olive oil. It's amazing. The oil gives a depth and complexity to the sweetness and also adds a very nice, fresh, green sensation. Freshly produced olive oil, um, straight from the mill, it's just such a different sensation to anything else ever, really. Um, and as we're coming to the <laughs> olive oil season, November, December, uh, it's worth remembering that uh, this... So January is the time to buy fresh olive oil. But if you have the chance to go somewhere and witness yourselves how olive oil is produced um, and taste it there there and then, you, you'll find out um, how extra good is that time of uh, making. And yes, so beautiful. You can put it anywhere on, 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 on bread, on fresh vegetables, on grilled vegetables, on, uh, on meat, on freshly barbecued meat. Just sprinkle some olive oil and lemon, and the taste is amazing. Yeah, it's something that whenever I tried it, I, I'm, I'm such a, so in love with this. And I'm thinking, I need to share this with other people, with all, everybody. I think even um, I've, 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 I've had it um, when people, um, when some chefs uh, put some olive oil on, on sorbet and uh, to taste it. And yeah, initially you think, wow, that's weird but actually it's good and tastes better each time you taste it and remember always to get extra virgin olive oil nothing else will do nothing else has a taste and the goodness of extra virgin olive oil a very interesting point is that um, the olive oil has something called a, po- a polyphenol called oleocanthal which naturally occurs in um, quality extra virgin olive oil and it's a strong antioxidant and a powerful anti-inflammatory um, with properties that resemble those of ibuprofen. 
So I think the old ladies' uh, tales that they used used olive oil for anti-inflammatory reasons. It's probably uh, probably that's uh, the reason why. And this peppery throat stink is caused by the oleocanthal, and um, it was first discovered by a team of uh, Unilever scientists, and later studied in detail by Gary Bouchamp and colleagues uh, and his colleagues at the Monell Chemical Senses Center, and um, also found that it's very similar to that caused by ibuprofen, the same kind of uh, pepperiness. Uh, further research revealed that many olive oils contain comparatively large quantities of oleocanthal and suggests that the substance may have therapeutic effects against coronary heart disease, stroke, cancer, Alzheimer's disease, and other conditions. Olive pomace oil, on the other hand, is rubbish. Don't take it. Don't buy it. Don't eat it. Uh, it's very different substance uh, from extra virgin olive oil. Far fewer health benefits and probably potential health risks. It's good for lighting your oil lamp, not for uh, <laughs> eating. Many foods can be preserved in olive oil, and um, there's a traditional Siglino uh, pork, uh, cured, cured smoked pork from Mani in Peloponnese, which once it's smoked in uh, sage uh, leaves and then it's cooked um, with oranges and other aromatic herbs, then it's preserved in large jars with uh, olive oil, and that uh, will last for the winter months. Um, another amazing um, delicacy from Greece um, preserved in olive oil is uh, La Dograviera from Zakynthos, or Zande, the island in the Ionian uh, Sea. The inhabitants there, they preserve the cheese in olive oil. La Dograviera is one of these um, uh, favorite cheeses of mine from Greece, and it's um, kind of a little bit apart from the rest of the cheeses, in a way. We have, obviously, everybody knows feta cheese and how how tasty and sharp and tangy and salty feta cheese is. So you have one, one type of cheese like this, and you also have uh, the hard Greek cheeses, a bit too salty sometimes, a bit more on that side of stuff. So um, La Graviera is a spicy cheese. It's a type of uh, graviera produced by sheep's milk, uh, in the island of Zakynthos, as I said earlier. And um, uh, this m- is matured for eight months and then placed in olive oil for at least another two months and matures more there. And it, it has a truly special and impressive full flavor. Uh, very strong taste and a piquant aftertaste. And it's definitely... It gives, although Greece doesn't have the, um, the, the moldy cheeses like Roquefort or Stilton or... Uh, because the Europa, uh, or Corconzola even, I mean, it takes you, this cheese takes you towards that family of cheeses. It has these um, aromas and tastes that remind you of these of this, um, cheeses. Saddle is produced in very small quantities, unfortunately, and it's very difficult to find, I think, outside Greece, and especially outside, um, well, in Zakithons for sure, I found in other places in Greece, but yeah, outside Greece, quite difficult. La Dograviera is uh, kept in clay pots. As the time passes, it becomes harder and more spicy. If you ever find it in London or in some deli in UK, um, I suggest you get it. It's, um, it's a very interesting, strong, piquant cheese. Of course, you can uh, do confit. Um, you can make confit food in olive oil instead of duck fat or goose fat or uh, any other 
fat, you can make it in olive oil. And obviously, you cook it low and slow, the meat in the oil, and that gives you a very tender and moist uh, moist food. And um, it works really well with something like uh, tomatoes, I think. So if you if you get a glut of tomatoes, really nice taste tomatoes, just put them in the, in the oven with, cover them in olive oil, some salt, uh, a few uh, sprigs of uh, thyme and a few garlic cloves and yeah put them really low and let them cook in the olive oil and then put them in a jar and seal them you can use them to flavor anything really they taste amazing and of course garlic you can do garlic confit that um that's a great way to to, to use olive oil and garlic especially fresh garlic yeah with garlic you just need to Put in a saucepan and cover it uh, with oil and let it cook very slowly for about 30 minutes. Then you let it cool and then uh, you can transfer the garlic into, into jars and put the oil on top and you can seal and ref- refrigerate and that will keep for four months or more. And that's it, part two of the history of olive oil. I hope you enjoyed the episode and um, the tips and tricks about tasting olive oil and using it in uh, some different type of foods and dishes and recipes. Thanks to all the Delicious Legacy podcast patrons who are making this podcast uh, become true. So thanks to Rachel, thanks to Damien Bell, thanks to Mark Knight and uh, Demetrius N and Demetrius M and Stereos, and Phil, and Andrew Cabanis, and Andrew Kenrick, and Paul Cooper. And thanks to Michael Zanfardino, Elaine Joseph, Alexis R., Steve Holloway, Leah Potts, Lauren Gaither, Chris Banks, Dwight Brown, Zeynep, Guy Joyner, Tom E., and Greg Duncan. Thank you, thank you very much, all of you, for your support all these months and all the rest of you out there that I forget. My name is Thomas Dinas and this is a Delicious Legacy podcast. Have a lovely week and see you again next time. Good night.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 